Stewardship is at the center of our Christian life. And I say that because one of the recognitions that we eventually have to come to is that all that we have has been given to us by God, and we are simply stewards of that. Well, today we have a parable that is uh, interesting and also troubling in some ways. And I think there are two things from it that I hope we will glean. One is a better understanding of stewardship, and the second is an understanding of the nature of God. I think it's important to say at the very beginning that this parable has unfortunately been used through the centuries as, uh, as a warrant for anti-Semitism. And even today, there are Christians who believe that this text makes it very clear that the Christian church takes the place of Judaism in terms of the promises of God. That is false, and we need to say it's false. So that's the first thing I think we need to set aside. Remember always that there are these texts that are so troubling because of how they've been used, uh, especially in the anti-Semitic prayer. The second thing that I'll say is that uh, this text was uh, certainly important as Matthew wanted to use it for his community, which was probably after the destruction of the temple in 70. And there was this great tension that existed between Jews and Christians, as many of those Christians had come out of Jewish households. So Matthew, I think, also wanted to use this to set this difference between the, the Jewish community and the Christian community. But I think we can hear other things in this parable. It's a simple parable, but not simplistic. As with all parables, there are of meaning. But it's a parable about a, a, land, a land owner who developed the vineyard, all the things necessary for it, and then hired tenants to care for it. So it comes time for the harvest, and he sends his servants to collect the harvest. And the tenants, of course, uh, uh, they beat up and eventually kill one of the tenants, or one of the, uh, one of the servants. So the, the landowner sends even more servants to come and collect what the is, and they too are beat up. So finally, he says, I'll send my son. They will respect him. He sends the son. The son is beat up and finally killed. And then at the end of that, Jesus asks, what will be done with those tenants? 
also in presenting this parable and talking about the son being killed, was letting them know that he understood what their plans were for him. So this was a kind of moment of truth between Jesus and the elders of the temple. And without being blasphemous, which they hoped he would be, because then they would have something on him they could certainly arrest him, Jesus makes it clear to them that he is the Son of God. Well, like all good parables, there are many levels in this. First of all, I think it's effective for Jesus as he responds to the challenges to authority, why he would do what he was doing. But I think also it's, it's a very precise description of human nature. And I think, especially for us to consider it that way, I think it would be helpful. It's easy for us to think of our church as ours. And clergy are particularly susceptible to this. We'll many times in conversation say, my church. And we can easily fall into the idea that this is all ours. And what we're building out here, this is ours. But the truth is that we are just stewards. We are taking the vineyard. And the responsibility that we have is to bear fruit. And we're bearing fruit not for us, not to get our numbers up, not so we can have more pledge income. It's not for that. It's for God. So that all of that, the numbers may be getting higher, people coming and coming to, to an understanding of God in a way that they had not understood God before, or people giving money to the church so the church could reach out in, in many different ways, all of that is not for us, but it is for God. I think that's, that's the first thing that we need to keep in mind. But that idea of being a steward doesn't end there. We are stewards of all that God has given us. And I think there are reminders of this that we have been given through the church year and in, in church life, but also in nature. There are a number of, of uh, good Trinity members I know who find being out in nature on a Sunday morning is a glorious thing and sometimes more glorious than being here. <laughs> when we're out in nature and we see what God has given us, this incredible creation we must at some point stop and think, what's our responsibility in terms of caring for what God has created for us? I think that that's one of the things we need to hold on to. And this, uh, in many churches, is uh, Creation Care Sunday when we remind ourselves that we are the stewards of God's creation. But there are other things that, that remind us of our responsibility to acknowledge this gift from God in our life. We, we do that when we realize that one day a week is being commanded to be set aside out of that whole week that's being given to us. One day a week to be given back to God in some way. Those who set aside a time for personal prayer or meditation are setting aside a time out of the whole day that they've been given to give back to God in a way. And then in our liturgical account, we have an entire season that in a sense is, is, a, is a pledge back to God of time, Lent. We set aside Lent as, as a holy time for special relationship with God as we grow deeper in our relationship with God. So in many ways, I think, we're reminded that God gives us all these things 
you would just meet in here right after the service. Don't worry, you can just snack them too, and then we'll all meet up here. Um, and then from that, we'll be following and going out and bowling in action. So parents, just stick around. We have a few things for you to sign. Um, and yeah, we'll hope to see everybody soon. Thanks so much. Good. Thank you, Margaret. And I'm Deborah Scott, and I'm here to report actually on the uh, Lenten Box Collection of Imagine Funds. Um, we have been granted $5,750 of matching funds. We raised $3,000 with the mic boxes, but we also get to uh, cover the expenses for the mic boxes, the calendars, and the expenses also for the cooking demonstration and uh, tasting. So, in all that, we'll be sending to Mario under $8,000. Five hundred and seventy dollars. So, and that's all over towards scholarships. So, good morning. I'm Carol Burroughs. I have two quick announcements. One of them is about the uh, to remind you also um, about the lesson in animals this afternoon. I brought a friend with me. This is Thank you. 
or we can sing anything out of the 
made us for yourself. And when we have fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to be the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given to you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took a cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith.